Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to help people in their eating disorder recovery journey. In today's episode, I have a super exciting guest called Priya Tu. She is Director of Dietitians UK, a registered dietitian and works with many clients recovering from eating disorders. And we're going to discuss the topic, um, metabolism and eating disorder recovery, and really understanding the science behind it and how you embark on your eating disorder recovery journey. So I'm going to dive straight straight into the episode and also welcome Priya. So Priya, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited about this. As you explained, I'm an eating disorder specialist dietitian. That means that I've worked in the NHS. I've worked with people in inpatient units. I've worked with outpatients. I've worked with doing um, meal plans and also actually sitting there doing recovery with people eating meals so I've kind of done the whole spectrum of things and I now work in private practice and I'm just super passionate about getting the right information out there about recovery and there being enough information to help people as well. Definitely I think it's so important that people understand obviously eating disorders are about food but they're also not about food but it's important that that is, I suppose, focused on in your recovery about balancing the two aspects, both mentally and physically. Um, and, you know, eating disorders, as we know, are really complex mental health conditions that can affect anyone. And an important aspect of it is understanding the role of metabolism. So I think it would be important to start for our listeners, what actually is metabolism? So metabolism refers to all the processes that occur in your body in order to sustain life on a day-to-day basis. So that includes things like sending blood around the body, keeping all your cells alive, digesting your food, all the chemical reactions that are going on, going to the bathroom, moving your muscles, maintaining your body temperature, and so much more. So I think sometimes when we talk about metabolism, people assume it's the calories I burn up when I'm going for a walk or when I'm exercising. But actually, when we get down to the crux of what metabolism actually is, it's so much more than that. It's those day-to-day life things that our body has to do for normal function. Definitely. And I think many people sometimes forget actually that we need to eat even if we did nothing. So if we were just in bed resting, we still need to eat and our metabolism still works. What would you say is the main role of metabolism in our body or or what does it I suppose, allow humans to do? What would happen if we didn't have a working metabolism? So if we didn't have a working metabolism, a lot of the body's functions would have to go offline. And this is what we see when people are a lower body weight and aren't nourishing themselves enough or they're ill for some reason and their bodies are using extra calories, for example, and extra energy. So our our resting metabolic rate is the energy that we need just to lie in bed. Our body is doing so much all of the time and we don't necessarily think about that. You know, we're thinking about keeping our bones healthy, maintaining our blood sugars, just the energy that we need to breathe. And all of that can take more than 50% of our energy needs. So when we're thinking about how much do we need to eat, you know, how much does my body need? Well, 50% of that as a minimum is the amount that our body needs to just maintain its normal functions. Definitely. And I think a really important, you know, question that I get asked a lot is, you know, how does metabolism alter in response to dieting or over-exercise and, and restriction, or even binge restrict cycle? How, how does it alter? 
dieting, disordered eating, eating disorders, over-exercising, all of those things can impact our metabolic rate. And when your body is not getting enough energy, it will start to shut down. And some of those functions will be things that people will notice. So maybe your hair gets thinner and it doesn't seem as well maintained. Perhaps you're feeling cold in the ends of your fingers and your toes. You might notice your mood alters as well. It could be that your concentration isn't as good. If we go a little bit further down the spectrum, then perhaps you've had a bone scan and you can see the impact on your bones. And that's quite a worrying one. It could be that your menstrual cycle stops. And these are all signs that actually the body is saying, I don't have enough energy coming in to do the things that I need to do on a day-to-day basis. So therefore, I've gone into this shutdown phase. I call it amber alert. And then we obviously go into red alert when things are really quite scary. So when we're thinking about the impact of undernourishing or over-exercising on our metabolism, it means that it makes it slow down. And we see this decline in metabolism as body weight comes down and in response to dieting. Um, And therefore, we have a decrease in body functions as well, which in a way shows how clever the body is. It's trying to preserve us. The body has this innate built-in system where it wants to keep us alive and it wants to look after us. And I think one of the key things people say to me is, well, does that mean I'm broken? You know, if I've gone through this cycle time and time again, am I broken? Am I never going to be able to fix my metabolism? Which I don't think is true. You know, we can fix it. We can improve it. And we've seen in studies and in the science that when people start to heal, when they start to nourish, when they start to restore their metabolic rate, the metabolism comes back online. Their bodies start to heal. They start to function differently. Definitely. I think that's, you know, it's a really, really important thing that people feel reassured that they are, they're definitely not broken. And I suppose an important question to ask is, let's say that an individual has gone through a period of restriction, been going through an eating disorder, and they decide to embark on recovery. What will happen to their metabolism during the recovery process? So during the recovery process, initially, their metabolism is going to be low. Okay, so that's that point where we're seeing several functions in the body are not working as they should. As you start to renourish and weight restore, then that should mean that your metabolic rate starts to go up alongside that weight restoration. It's very hard to say exactly what your metabolism is doing at any time. The things that we have to judge by are things like your energy levels and how your physical function of your body are. So they're really, really good signs of, oh, look, the body is doing a bit better. It's starting to to feel like it's being looked after here. But we can't exactly say how someone's metabolic rate is going to respond. So for some people, that will all come back online faster than for others. And I think that's sometimes a really hard thing to deal with is, you know, we can't be precise and say, If you eat in this way or if you live your life in this way, your metabolism is going to do this. It's a little bit of a waiting game. Right. And and I think I get a lot of questions from my followers about the online calorie counters that you get and people say, oh, you know, the calorie counter told me to eat this. And obviously calories is not something that you want to focus on, but is everyone's metabolism the same or our rate of metabolism the same? No, it isn't. There are so many factors that come into play here, even down to your height 
and your gender and your genetics. So we have so many things that are going to influence this. And also, it depends how your metabolic rate was in the first place. So if you were someone who was quite active, you may have already had a higher metabolic rate than somebody who was less active. And if you're someone who is taller, generally that means it's going to be a bit higher than somebody who is shorter. So we haven't got this precision that we can use here. So when it comes to how much should I eat, again, unfortunately, we can't say eat X amounts. And that's one reason why calorie counters are really unhelpful. I mean, there's many reasons why I don't like people counting calories, but that would be one of them. And the other thing is thinking all our bodies are unique. Everybody is individual and created in such a wonderful way. So that means we have to work with that individual person and work out exactly how much they need. It's not all down to calories and energy. We've got to be thinking about the whole diet. You know, we need to be thinking about all of the nutrition that body needs in order to restore itself as well. Definitely. And I suppose, you know, that makes me think of a couple of questions. So how would you, Priya, work with a client embarking in eating disorder recovery to understand maybe how they need to eat to restore their metabolism? How would you work that out? What kind of tools would you use to help them? So as I said, I like to work with everyone on a very individual basis. Um, so very much starting with where they are and looking at what they're already eating, what foods that they feel comfortable with, what are the foods that they last perhaps cut out of their diet. So I might start there, but my gold standard things that I always try and encourage people to do is to make sure that they're eating regularly. And that means every three to four hours. And that is going to mean that you're going to be eating six times a day which can feel like a lot, but part of this way of making the body feel safe and enabling it to come back online is it needs to know that it has got regular energy coming into it, much like a car needs petrol to keep driving on a long journey. Our bodies need to know it's got regular energy coming in and where it has been restricted and deprived of that energy, it's really important to go, it's okay, You can start to feel safe now. You can start to heal yourself. So that's eating regularly, having meals and snacks. Three meals, three snacks is what I tend to recommend. But also eating enough at those meals and those snacks, which can be something you need to build up to and start working on. And eating enough carbohydrates specifically, because carbohydrate is like that energy source. It provides ourselves with the glucose and the energy that's needed And then some other top things that I encourage people to work on when we're thinking about weight restoration and metabolism is to try and reduce their exercise for a period of time. Now, this is going to depend on what exercise you're doing and how much it is, but we don't want to put the body under more strain. We want to really encourage it that this is a healing period of time. And then um, sleep. So trying to get enough sleep and rest and also staying warm helps as well. So those are just some of the things that I would work on with everybody, but obviously we would tailor it to the person who is in the session. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's it's really important that you look at an individual 
um, persons also life factors I know depending on if you're you know in education or working and the types of foods that you might eat or your lifestyle and I think it's tailoring it to somebody and so they feel also in control of their recoveries is is so important I get a lot of people talking about hypermetabolism I don't know too much about it myself but it would be good to maybe talk about that in the role of eating disorder recovery so hypermetabolism does occur in some people but does it occur in everyone I wouldn't say it occurs in everyone or perhaps it does but it's seen to a lesser extent but there are just some individuals for whom we see this really big increase in metabolism so hyper is obviously you know extra Um, so we've got this extra metabolism going on and that means that the body is needing extra energy and nutrition to heal and restore but it's more than we might expect so in some instances there are people who might need to eat 4,000, 5,000 calories a day in order to keep going with their recovery. And that obviously sounds like an awful lot, but there are just some bodies that will need that for a period of time. It's not necessarily forever, but some people talk to me about this in terms of saying, I suddenly feel a lot hungrier. I didn't last week. And now this week, all of a sudden, my hunger has really kicked in. And this could be a sign of a change in your metabolism, not necessarily hypermetabolism, but a change. Perhaps at that point, your body is starting to heal and it's starting to do something. So it's at that point that you really, really want to be responding to it. And I know that that's scary because we don't want to feel out of control, do we? But it's trying to learn to trust our bodies. When we're thinking specifically about hypermetabolism, if we think about some of the signs, you know, how do you know you've got this extra demand on the body? It could be that you're getting night sweats, irregular heartbeat, insomnia, fatigue. Perhaps your weight has stopped going up or you're losing again. Shortness of breath and nervous system dysfunction. So we have these telltale signs and it can just mean that actually you're one of those people for whom you're going to need more nutrition than your identical twin, for example. Yeah, I think that's why it's incredibly important to work with a nutritional specialist because, you know, the information that you find online might help you to a certain degree. But then if you're getting all these symptoms and don't understand why, if you're leaving you accountable to yourself and especially if you're going through an eating disorder recovery, that amount of food will feel alien. So I think it's incredibly important to have that advice. I mean, given, you know, we've, we've talked about metabolism, obviously that the role it has in the body, but what will happen to an individual's weight during the recovery process? Obviously, scale weight is so fluctuating, but I know I get that question a lot um, in regards to metabolism. So I don't know if you can offer any insight into that. I think you're completely right. The, the number on the scales can fluctuate and it doesn't necessarily relate to what you ate the week before or the day before. So where our bodies can be healing and turning functions back online, let's use bone health as the example here. So perhaps you feel like you've eaten adequately, you know, you've met your meal plan, you've done everything you were meant to do, you've been looking after your exercise, you've been resting, and yet still you're not seeing the changes in your weight. Perhaps at that point, your body is starting to do something with your bones and it's starting to build bone density, and it's using extra energy up. So that's one of the reasons why weight is quite confusing. We can't always expect it to do what we want it to do. In terms of what happens with weight and recovery, again, it means it's not linear. 
So we can have these peaks and troughs and these plateau periods. And when you get to that plateau period, it can be due to this change in metabolism and therefore can mean that your body is telling you it needs extra. And that's the point where we need to increase a snack or we need to put a dessert in or you know we need to have I had somebody recently who was having second breakfast which was great because we kept saying she was like a hobbit um <laughs> I mean that you know you need second breakfast and whilst it feels scary and it feels like it's a lot of food I think it's constantly keeping in mind that your body during recovery is not the same as your body pre or post recovery it's doing so much more and therefore is needing so much more energy in order to heal inside and that's the stuff we can't see definitely and i think also i get a lot of people saying you know that maybe spikes in weight as soon as they start refeeding why would that be what would be the cause of a, a massive spike in weight as soon as you know they start recovering so that can be due to fluid more than anything. It's very similar if you have ever chatted to somebody or perhaps have done this yourself if you've gone on more of an extreme diet, you know, or people who regularly do go on fad diets, they can lose weight quite quickly in that first period of time. And again, that's fluid. So it's nothing to be overly worried about in fact perhaps even expecting it to happen can be useful we don't want it to keep on happening so as a dietitian I don't want someone to be having weight spikes all the time and I don't want their weight to be going up too fast either I want that to be done in a safe fashion and I want that person to feel secure and held and to have an expectation of what's going to happen with their weight as well so that we can work on it together. So those weight spikes can be really hard to deal with. Um, If they're happening in the start of recovery, I would say it's more likely to be fluid. If they're happening later on in recovery, then sometimes the body is playing catch up. And it may be that you've had a plateau for a few weeks and then you suddenly get a spike in terms of weight. Then it can be that your body was almost holding out going, is it safe enough? for me to weight restore right now or I'm not sure this week no I'm not sure next week and I'm still not sure the week after and then suddenly it's like ah now I think it is and then it can increase more than you would expect in one go I think it's important also to recognize I think a a lot of individuals can see that maybe spike but then not reflected on the past four weeks of plateau and that's why I think it's important to recognize that you know metabolism it's not necessarily linear it's important to see trends in everything and trend lines in not only weight but also a rate of metabolism and seeing things as a the holistic picture so given we've obviously we talked a little bit about weight overshoot you know some people say oh you know I've overshooted my goal weight and goal weights are quite it's quite a hard topic because what Mm -hmm. what's what's right for one person might not be right for a other person but what is overshoot and why does it happen and how does it readjust so yes for some people there can be this overshoot period and again I like to think about that as being the body is trying to build in this safety platform for itself so it doesn't know that you're not going to go all the way back down again in terms of your weight And where it has been in this place of famine, it wants to feel secure. So it can want this little bit of a buffer zone. And then for other people, we get the overshoot because actually the body is still physically healing 
and it hasn't quite completed that yet. So perhaps your menstrual cycle hasn't started again and you're having to overshoot slightly in order to get to that. And let's also not forget that in terms of a target weight, that can be so unhelpful because we can't always pinpoint where someone's target weight is going to be exactly. And so we want to have more of a a weight range of somewhere around here is going to be okay. What tends to happen in terms of people who do overshoot is that their weight then tends to come back down. doesn't happen for everyone, but generally there, there can be this period where the weight overshoots. The body then does something else with the metabolism. So maybe your periods restart and then the weight settles back down again. So again, it's trying to give your body a little bit more grace and a little bit more time instead of responding straight away to what is happening to your weight and giving yourself a whole pile of kindness and compassion in that point as well. Definitely, because there's no, there is no right or wrong. I think it's about doing something that feels that you are in control of your recovery and you're making positive changes. I've got a couple more questions that we can kind of discuss around, but how does somebody know how to eat for their metabolism, you know, post-recovery? I think post-recovery, then that is all about eating enough so that you are maintaining your weight, listening to your body. So starting to connect with those hunger signals, those fullness signals, those feelings of wellness and energy and feeling satisfied by what you're having. So you'll know that you're not eating enough if your weight starts to go down. That's kind of the obvious one, isn't it? Rather than overly monitoring weight, I like to try and move people towards more of an intuitive eating approach. Now, we can't use intuitive eating early on in recovery. This is something to only be done once you've got to that point where you're maintaining weight. But at that point, it's starting to really, again, trust your body and tune into its cues. What is it telling you? How are you feeling? And are you still feeling that you're restricting food? Yeah, so it's more about looking at a holistic, like we've said from the start, a holistic approach to nutrition, thinking about the components of a healthy diet. And health doesn't mean cutting out fun foods. That is a really important part of any kind of plan in a week is about actually, do you allow yourself to eat the foods that you enjoy and and nourish your body? I suppose finishing the episode, what are some tips for metabolism? So if, if somebody was going through the start of the recovery process and thinking, I want to help restore my metabolism. What are some key tips in helping them along that? So I think number one, remember you are not broken. We can do things about this. You can start to heal. To fix it, you're going to need to rest and to re-nourish. And that's going to include eating enough, eating regularly. So that's your three meals, your three snacks, making sure you have balance at those meals. So you've got your protein, carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables, healthy fats, as well as having your calcium-rich foods in there as well. Making sure that you're not over-exercising. So yes, some movements may be absolutely fine for you, but making sure that that's not too much for the amount that you're eating and for how your body's feeling. Getting enough sleep and rest and having all of those lovely self-care strategies in place as well so that your body is not continuously on hyper alert. You're not living in that adrenaline place because that's going to use energy as well. But you're trying to just 
calm everything down so that your body can come to this place of knowing we're safe. It's okay to start healing now. And and it will. Definitely. It's it's patience, compassion and time. I think the key is it's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be ups and downs, but give yourself patience and love and, and also talk to somebody that knows what they're doing and, and things will improve over time. So I really think that if anyone's embarking on this journey is just to remember that you are normal. Anything that's happening to you is you're not, you know, you're not a unicorn as you might think. You know, this has happened time and time again for many individuals and it's just taking it slowly. I've had a listener question through today. As always, I invite a listener question at the end of an episode. And the listener question today was, do we have any tips for meal prepping or starting to cook in recovery? Meal prepping and meal planning is really important so that you have that idea of what you need to have in stock, what you're cooking, how you're going to do it, and it's nicely set out. I would say, you know, my top tips would be to make sure that you are making meals that you know how to make. You're not going too extravagant with those, that making things that you enjoy and that are comforting for you, and that you also ask for help. Don't feel that you need to do everything by yourself. But I would say sit down at the start of the week. In fact, I do this myself for my family and have an idea. What is it you're going to eat every single day? That doesn't have to mean that you're planning every single snack out, but I'm thinking more main meals. It can be helpful to do that for. And then you have your recipes ready, have everything ready in your cupboards and in your fridge. And then hopefully it starts to become like second nature after you've done it for a few months. Definitely. I think it's about also having things in place where you're challenging potential fear foods. If you don't have fear foods, you're completely valid with your eating disorder. But I find a lot of my clients do come and say, I'm scared of these foods. I'm I'm scared of, you know, other things in my diet. And it's about incorporating them in a manageable way and thinking about the practices around doing that so for instance going through a set process of not being scared of that specific item anymore and actually challenging beliefs about certain foods I know you mentioned previously in the in the episode about carbohydrates and how important that is and I think it's about coming up with ways of incorporating all foods into your diet and it not to be restrictive so I think that's why meal planning and prepping can be so integral at the early stages of recovery definitely so thank you so much for talking through this episode Priya I think your insight and advice has just been so important for instance if a listener is is thinking about working with a dietitian how would they get in touch with you well thank you for having me on it's always such a joy to share knowledge in this way so if anyone wants to find me you can come and find me on instagram so i'm priya underscore chu t-e-w um or you can pop over to my website which is www.dietitianuk.co.uk and if you are interested in reading more about metabolism i have a blog on there on hypermetabolism so you can have a read of that and i also have a free downloadable how to meal plan resource as well 
which you might be interested in seeing as we've been talking about meal planning. Definitely. I think any information is good information. So thank you so much for listening um, to today's episode. And thank you, Priya, again. As always, I, I say that I answer one listener question at the end of the episode. So if you do want to submit a listener question, you can do so on my website. So that will be flourishwithkeandra.com slash podcast. And there is a submit a question form that you can do there. It can be on any topic or question about eating disorder recovery, about any aspect of recovery that you might want answered I will answer one question so if you want to do that please feel free I will leave all information in the show notes so you feel that you're able to remember them I know sometimes it's good to go back to things once you've had time to reflect but yes thank you again feel free to reach out on social media to either of us um, and we I'm sure we'll get in touch but yeah take care and I'll speak to you all soon 